Take your Bibles this morning and turn to uh, Job chapter 2. Job chapter 2. You know, we know from last week that um, Mr. and Mrs. Job, they were a rich family. We know that Mr. and Mrs. Job, and certainly Mr. Job, he was a righteous man. As a matter of fact, he was one of the most righteous men in his day. And therefore, I safely think that we could assume that Mrs. Job could have been religious and righteous as well. We know that all these tragedies that took place over a couple days, yet it says that Mr. Job worshipped. Mr. Job worshipped. In spite of losing his wealth, he worshipped. In spite of losing his health, we know that it says in Scripture that he worshipped. In spite of losing his family, we know that he still worshipped. And when you hit rock bottom, you could take from Job that you ought to worship. And last week, we, we looked at Job's life. We know that, first of all, he trusted in God's word. We, we know that he certainly had an association. He had a fellowship. He, he had a relationship with God. And therefore, we know that Mr. Job, we know that he, he trusted in God's word. We know that Mr. Job trusted uh, in God's heart. And then we talked about the fact that Job was somebody that trusted and he had faith in God when he hit rock bottom. And sometimes what I would want to remind you is sometimes that, that faith requires for you to be all by yourself. Because we know as we lead into today, we, when we look at Mrs. Job, we know that Mr. Job had to go it alone for a while. We know if we were to read out this entire book that, that he doesn't have any friends that give him any support. Him and his wife are at a point of argument. He, he's lost wealth. He, he has lost health. He, he has lost his family. But, but yet he's able to have faith in God. And the one thing that I would recall to your mind last week that we talked about is sometimes having faith in God means you got to have faith in God all by yourself. You may not see God. You may not feel God. It may not look like anything's going to go right for you. But sometimes you got to have enough faith to take a stand and stand there all by yourself and be able to say with Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust in Almighty God. You know, Job to me almost seems untouchable. He almost seems one of them super saved saints. You know, I've preached Job for 30 years. And I love Job. I mean, he gets a whole book. And the whole book is about the tragedy that Job finds himself in. But about three, four months ago, God laid on my heart that I believe one of the most important figures in the book of Job is perhaps maybe not even Job, but maybe it's Mrs. Job. Because I, I can't speak for you this morning, but... I don't know that in a moment such as they had, that I would have the kind of faith to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I don't know that I would have the kind of faith to say, naked I came into the world, naked I'm going to depart the world. 
But I would say, I would venture in my own mind today that most of us, if we were real, I'm not talking about the holiness of us. I'm not talking about the religiousness of us. I'm not talking about those of us that are sitting here this morning being very pious and we would say that, hey, hey, I, I know when I hit rock bottom, I, I, I'm going to show up and I'm going to worship God. Or, or I know when I hit rock bottom, I'm going to be able to have faith in God all by myself. I would say that there are more people in the world, more people in the church that would be able to identify today with what I'm going to say about Mrs. Job than what we could say about Mr. Job. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe we get some great spiritual lessons from Mr. Joe. I believe he sets an example. But in all my life, I, I never, I, I've seen a lot of preachers take Miss Job to task. I've seen a lot of negative things and heard a lot of negative things about Mrs. Job. But I never really heard any preacher that I'm aware of, and I'm sure there's some, that preach just exclusively on Mrs. Job. And so over these last few months, I just God just birthed in my soul to look at her life. And so today we're going to look more at reality. Now, like I say, for, for, for some of y'all that ain't in reality, maybe, maybe you're in the Job world. And maybe, maybe, maybe you won't get a lot out of today. Maybe you're, you, you just got that much faith and you got that much trust. And if your whole world come down today, that you would worship God, and you wouldn't have any questions, any doubts, all those kind of things. It says that Job never sinned with his lips. But for the rest of us today, I believe that there's something that we can learn about our God. There's something we can learn about our faith. There's something we can learn about ourselves when we look at the life of Miss Job. So let's stand this morning on of God's Word out of Job 2. She gets these two verses in kind of the half of another verse. So we just simply refer to her as Mrs. Joe, but we do know from her words what's on her mind. So some of this, we kind of have to add a little speculation as to what's going on. But this is the inspired word of God. In this word, in this word is, the is the power to change lives. To change lives. Job 2, beginning with verse 9. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? Curse God and die. I would say that her faith is shaken. In verse 10 it says, But he said unto her, Thou speaketh as one of the foolish women speaketh, what shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? And all of this did not Job sin with his lips. Let's pray. Father God, in this sacred moment, Lord, we know that your word is concrete, it's authoritative, it's illumination to the soul. It's hope for the hopeless. It's light for the ones that are blind. It's salvation for the ones that are lost. And Lord, we've not come here today to hear a word about you. Lord, some of us have done heard so many words about you, we have done got complacent with that. But Lord, we've come here to hear something from you. 
Lord, I pray that you would decrease me in such a way that you increase, that today, Lord, you could speak to our soul, that you could speak to our being, and that we could leave here different than when we came in. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And if there's somebody here today lost, Lord, I pray that you would draw them unto yourself. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Have you ever had one of those days when everything that could go wrong goes wrong? I mean, I mean, I mean, you just kind of woke up and, and you almost want to go back to bed because uh, everything that that could go wrong just seems to go wrong. I heard about this train that was going through this particular uh, town, and it was not scheduled to stop. And there was this wee little man. He was a, a short little passenger on this train, and he wanted to get off in the town so he wouldn't have to pay a $100 taxi ride to, to come back to the town. Well, the man sitting in the seat next to him had a brilliant idea. He had a brilliant idea. He said, look, the train always slows down to pick up the mailbag. He said, when it slows down, I'll hold you out the window. When I drop you out the window, you start running so you won't fall on your face. And you simply run until you stop. Well, it sounded like a good plan. And so the train did slow down. And the man took his little friend, put him out the window, and dropped him on the ground. The man was running along the platform, waving, saying thank you for his help. But about that time, a man that was seating in the next car behind the little man, he saw this man running down the platform. He reached out, grabbed him, pulled him in through the window, and said, this is your lucky day. You almost missed the train. You know, I believe that there is a lot of life that doesn't go exactly the way we want it to go. You know what? Sometimes we, we make these plans and, and, and we just kind of think that, that this is how it's going to go. And then all of a sudden somebody picks us up and brings us back through the window. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning on one of the thorniest issues that confronts the Christian faith. In fact, it's the single biggest obstacle for non-Christians to overcome in order to become believers in Christ. George Barna, who is the George Gallup of the Christian world, conducted a national survey in which he asked this question. If you could ask God only one question, I want you to think about that. If you could ask God only one question and you knew that he would give you an answer, what would you ask him? By far and away, the number one response was this. Why is there so much pain and suffering in the world? By far and away, the number one question would be, why is there so much pain and suffering in the world? You see, the very question assumes that a loving God and suffering cannot go together. That a loving God and suffering cannot go together. I believe today that our, our world begs that same question. I, I believe today a reason why a lot of people are not in church, the reason why a lot of people do not become believers is because they wonder how it is that a loving God could allow sickness and sorrow and suffering. 
In other words, they would say, where is God when it hurts? And, and they really want to look at us and they want to ask us, where is God when it hurts, boy? I mean, you're the one that shows up for church. You're the one that gives your tithe. You're the one that serves this God. You're the one that sings the songs of Zion. You're the one that listens to the messenger preach the gospel inside out each and every week. Where is God when it hurts? Now, I don't know if you've ever been in that place in your life. And I often say it, that there will be a, po- a moment that if you wake up long enough on the planet, that there will be a moment where you will wonder where God is. And I believe when we look at Mr. and Mrs. Job, I, I, I believe they were certainly at that moment. And I believe the story illustrates us that, that, that one goes one way and the other one goes another way. We know the story of Job. I, I believe that Job stands in the gap and he, and he shows up for worship and, and it seems like he does everything correctly. And then all of a sudden we begin to pick on Mrs. Job because we say, how in the world could she say the things that she is saying? How could she have received the good that God had given them? How, how could Mrs. Job receive the good things and not hang in there and be as faithful as her husband was? You see, in life, there's going to be times when you're going to wonder where God is. Rose Fitzgerald Kennedy, and quote, said this. She said, time heals all wounds, but she says she doesn't agree with that. She said, the wounds remain in time. The mind protecting its sanity covers them with scar tissue and the pain lessens, but it's never gone. You know, I think that's wisdom. And I agree with her. I, I, I think that's one of the dumbest statements I ever heard, that time heals all wounds. Because I'm going to tell you what, standing here this morning preaching the gospel, I got some wounds that time didn't heal. And I got some scars that perhaps there may have been some scar tissue now, but I, I'm going to tell you the pain still exists. C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts to us in our pain. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Someone unknown said, the prettiest smile hides the deepest secrets. The prettiest eyes have cried the most tears, and the kindest hearts have felt the most pain. Let me say that again. The prettiest smile often hides the deepest secrets. The prettiest eyes sometimes have cried the most tears. And the kindest hearts have felt the most pain. You know, the question would be is, how did Miss Job come to the conclusions that she'd come to? Over these two days, I I would say that that just on the surface level, I believe that she had taken all that she could stand and she couldn't stand anymore. I mean, it was no longer about her religious experience. It was no longer about her wealth. It was no longer about Job being one of the most righteous there upon the planet. But I believe that she had taken all she could stand and she had come to a broken place. And if you ever get to a broken place, hopefully and prayerfully you can handle it like Job. And I'm sure there's some of us in here this morning that could handle it like Job. But I'd say the majority of us would probably go the road of Mrs. Job. And so first of all, just looking at that verse there, 
It says that his wife said unto him, Dost thou still retain thy integrity? In other words, is he still keeping his, his faith? She says that you are to curse God and die. The first thing I would want us to understand today is sometimes people will hurt you in an attempt to heal themselves. Sometimes people will speak word of hurt in an attempt to try to heal themselves. She said to curse God and die. I believe this suggests to me that at least that Miss Job has not always been foolish. I believe that she knew something about God. He says, you speak as one of the foolish women. I believe that she had a relationship with God. I believe that her family had a relationship with God. It's not that she's discounting any of those things, but at this point, she is so taken, all that she can stand, and she is so grieved, and she is so angry, she is so confused, she, she has so much on her that she's no longer thinking, she's just speaking. Let me put a coin in the meter here and just park right there for about two minutes. Have you ever said something before you thought of something? <laughs> See, sometimes when it comes to hurt and when it comes to speaking hurt, sometimes you say things. I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody in this room, but, but sometimes you'll know somebody that is speaking some things in your life and they're speaking those things in their life, it's coming out of their mouth, but it's really not coming from their mind, and it ain't even really necessarily coming from their heart, but they've got so much hurt, and they've got so much grief that they're spitting it out of their mouth because in an attempt for them to heal themselves, they're trying to find something to hurt. Now, see, I'm not trying to discount anything she said, but we, we, we've made reference many times, hurt people sometimes hurt people. And sometimes when you are hurt, you're no longer thinking about what you're saying. And sometimes when you're hurt bad enough, sometimes there, there'll be a miscommunication about what's going on. Sometimes you're really not communicating what it is that you want to communicate. I mean, if anybody in here has been married for a while, then you will certainly know there are times when you're communicating with your significant other, you're not exactly thinking about what you're saying. Amen. How about the women? Can we get amen on the women's side? How about the man? Uh, th this has always been the weakest church for man. But, uh, <laughs> but listen, listen, there, there, there's things that you say sometimes before you're thinking. You just naturally pop off, and that's your communication level. And I believe that that's what's taking place here. A woman meets with an attorney and says, I want a divorce from my husband, and Okay, the attorney responds, let's start with a few questions first. Like what, she asked. Well, do you have any grounds? Yes, we have about five acres in the country. <laughs> no, I mean, do you have a grudge? No, but we do have a nice wide carport and a storage shed. <laughs> Let me ask this in a different way. Do you have any complaints about him? Like what? Well, does he beat you up? No, I'm up at least an hour before him every single day. Well, what about your row here? Do you ever wake up grouchy? No, when he's in a bad mood, I just simply let him sleep. <laughs> Exasperated, the attorney finally asks, why exactly do you want a divorce? Well, she replies, this guy just can no longer communicate with me. <laughs> you know, I believe that sometimes communication 
even though it's written down what it is that she said, I'm not so sure that she was thinking. And I'm not so sure that she wanted to inflict pain like we would generally preach it. I believe that her pain was just so deep and so overbearing that she was speaking with her lips and not so much with her mind and with her heart. Secondly, I would want you to understand today that just because you have some form of spiritual maturity, it doesn't mean that you don't have human moments. I'm going to come and get everybody in just a moment, but let me just say that again. Just because you have some form of spiritual maturity, it does not uh, overcome your human moments. In other words, your anointing never dismantles your humanity. You've got some human moments. I don't care how big your Bible is. I don't care how many Bible verses you can quote. I don't care how many crosses you wear around your neck, how much time you spend at church. If the right button is pushed on the right day, anybody in this room can have a human moment. That's about five of you. <laughs> Let me just go a little more elementary. Uh, at the right moment on the right day, you liable to go crazy for Cocoa Puffs. Amen? I, 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 mean, I, mean, I mean, I don't care about your spiritual maturity. I don't care how much you lift your hand. I don't care how much you shout for the Lord, how much cross you got, how much Bible you've read, how many verses you quote. All of us have got a human moment in our life. And when you get to a place, if the right button is pushed at the right time, you can have a human moment. Miss Job is having a human moment. She's had a couple days like no one could ever imagine. She has been brought to the ends of her capacity to deal with the situation. She is no longer able to look up. So she is consumed by looking down. I know this morning, a lot of us here were super saved. Never uh, been in a place like this. And it's an insult for me to even suggest that you could have a human moment. But for the rest of us, there are moments that are so heavy that you won't be able to look up because your heart and your head is so heavy that all you can do is look down. And you know what? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever been at that moment. I, I probably had a couple moments like that in my life at least, maybe even more. But I know that there's been moments in my life that, that regardless of my, 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 my faith in God, regardless of how much I trusted God, regardless of how much uh, I believed uh, in Almighty God and in His Word and all of those things, there's been moments in my life that my heart was so heavy and my head was so heavy, I couldn't look up. Now, it sounds good preaching that, man, you just got to look up to God. Man, when you, when you hit the bottom of the road, you just got to look up. Well, let me just be honest with you. There are those moments in life that you got those human times. And I know it's preaches good, I know it shouts good from the chairs, but there are times when the grief and the pain will be so heavy that you'll have a hard time looking up. Y'all never will forget when, you, when we, we, we lost our son, that was one of those moments for me because you know what? I mean, everything just kind of went blank. And sometimes it's very difficult to be able to look up when you've been let down in life. 
And your moment don't have to be losing a child. Your moment can be a whole lot of things. But I'm just saying that, that all I'm trying to drive home here is that, hey, there's going to be times in your life that you're going to have these human moments and, and your spiritual maturity does not override your humanity. We are all flesh and blood. And so there, there can be times when, when you're going to struggle with whatever it is. And you've got to realize that God can take that struggle. That's why we have a whole book called Lamentations. That lamenting, man, I mean, I mean sometimes you, you're, you're going to be lamenting. I mean, you're going to be pouring out your soul. Sometimes you're, you're going to be so confused and, 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 and so uh, uh, just bewildered and, and, and overcome by the situation that you're going to have a hard time finding God. So understand two things that we can certainly take from these little brief of what we know about Miss Job is I believe that she might have not been thinking about what she was saying. I believe that she was having a human moments regardless of her spiritual maturity. But the greatest thing over these last few months that I could think about this story, the most positive thing that I could think about when I think about this story is you got to go all the way to chapter 42. And it's in chapter 42 that we read a verse that lets us know that they're still together. And they're not only still together, it says that the Lord blessed the latter end of their life more than the beginning. And so I came up with a point for this, and I want, and I want you to get this. Because this, I think, is the most positive thing that I, that I see from this story. Sometimes making it through in life is not about your ability to hold on to God, but it's about God's ability to hold on to you. Oh, man. That sounds like about a 52-week series right there. <laughs> See, sometimes in life, the, the tragedies, the tribulations, the troubles, the, the struggles, the situations, the circumstances... Sometimes they, they get so overbearing that, that you might say things, you may blow off some smoke before you are thinking about what it is you're saying. But God's looking down and he's saying, hey, your, your spiritual maturity doesn't overcome your human moments. But then you have to understand in life, that in order to make it through, in order to get to a chapter 42 moment, it's not about you hanging on to God, but it's about God hanging on to you. And you know what? I, th I think about my life and I think about how many times I've failed God. I can stand here today and I can sing about uh, the faithfulness of, 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 of myself and how I've trusted God and how I've believed in God and all those things. But I'm going to tell you what, I've had moments of doubt. I've had moments where my faith has been shaken. I've had moments where I was on the sideline. I've had moments where I wanted to quit God. I've had moments that I did quit God. But here's the deal. God has been hanging on to me and God's been faithful when I ain't been faithful. So all of my life, God has been there. 
When I didn't show up for God, God showed up for me. When I didn't feel like coming to church, God got me to church. When I didn't feel like worshiping, somehow God got me to worship. So we got to understand, it's not about your ability to stay faithful and your ability to hang on to God, but it's about a faithful God that is watching over your life and He's with you when you can't see Him, when you can't feel Him, when you're in your darkest moments and in your closets and you're shedding tears and you're wondering what's happening. Friend, it's not about you holding on to Him. He's holding on to you because He loves you and He cares for you. You know, we sung that song a while ago. All my life, He's been faithful. And I can tell you right now, there's been plenty in my life that I ain't been faithful. But I'm going to tell you what, there ain't a single moment in my life that God has not been faithful. And here's what I, I might have three or four closes. I don't even know. I, listen, listen, I want you to hear this. This is one thing I've learned about life. Is sometimes Amy Grant sang the song, and I say this a lot, but she, she wrote the song one day at a time, sweet Jesus, whatever. Sometimes you, 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 you got to live in one minute at a time. Sometimes it's one hour at a time. Sometimes it's just one step at a time. Sometimes it's just trying to survive till you get through the night. I've had days in my life that I couldn't wait till I could just go back to bed. Because if I could just get back to bed, I could, I could get to sleep. And if I could get to sleep, somehow the pain would be relieved. You see... Sometimes in life, it's about taking a moment at a time. And sometimes you're going to have your doubts, you're going to have your fears, you're going to have your confusions. And you may say a lot of things. You know, you know I, meet, I meet people sometimes and, and, and they say a lot of things that they're really just trying to cover up their hurt. You ever met somebody that's, you know, just kind of like above the world and they're kind of speaking off of their mouth, but they're really just trying to cover up some of that hurt and some of that pain. And when I hear people like that, I don't think anything bad about them, but I just think, you know what, we're all human. And I ain't buying some of that stuff you're saying. Because some of that stuff you're saying, you're not really thinking about what it is you're saying. But I want to leave you again just by stressing this. If you don't get anything else out of the last two weeks, I want you to I want you to get out of last week that sometimes there won't be a spouse, there won't be friends, and there won't be anybody else there to assist you with your faith. And you'll have to stand all alone. And you'll have to believe God all by yourself. And today I want you to get that it's not about you holding on to God, but it's about God holding on to you. And I believe that some way, somehow, when we get to the end of life, I believe that we will get that point right there more than we ever have. I believe that they got that point. I, I don't believe everything in their life was ever right again because a lot of times people think that, oh, you've moved forward. You've moved on. Somehow you're better. You know what I truly believe? I'm going to be honest with you today. I believe there's some things and some hurts in life that you'll never move forward from. Now, people may call it moving forward. People may say, hey, you've gotten over it. 
But you know what? There's some things you never get over. And there's some things you never move forward from. Now, I know some of these fancy preachers, they may, they may not tell you that, and somehow you get blessed or whatever. But here's what I think. I, I, I believe it's a lot like the Kennedy lady there. Sometimes you just learn to navigate it in your mind. I believe you still got the scars, but somehow God has allowed you to navigate around it. And I don't believe you truly get rid of it until you go home to be with heaven and God makes all things right. You know, I believe there's a lot of substance in Miss Job. And you know, I never preached on her. 30 years, I never preached on her. But I believe God wants us to get something from her. I know Job gets the entire book, and she didn't get a lot of mention. But I really believe the fact that she's still standing in the end. I believe there's more to this woman than just simply a preacher taking her to task for what she said. Because I'm not so sure what she said. She really had thought that through. I think she was having a human moment. And all of us are going to have human moments. That's why we need to make sure sometimes we're willing to forgive people. And then make sure you understand this for the fourth time in my clothes. <laughs> it's not about you holding on to God. But it's about God holding on to you. He loves every single one of us in this room. And he cares for you. Today, if you're here lost and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today you can come up this aisle and you can ask the Lord to come into your life and heart. Today, if you need to rededicate your life, join this church. Maybe you're here for the first time and you, you, you're not even sure what to think. You're saying that boy talks funny, that's because he's from Kentucky. <laughs> but listen, I want to give everybody here this. Just understand this. That life can be very difficult and life can be very hard. But if you know at the middle and the center and the end of it all, God's got you. You can get through whatever it is that you go through. Now, you may not be worshiping. You, 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 you may not be all the things that Job was, but it's okay. It's okay. Because in the end, you stay together. Because y'all do know, I ain't, even, I ain't even had time to go here. But y'all do know that a lot of these tragedies like this in the real world sense, the marriages don't stay together. Y'all do know that. But somehow they stayed together. I believe God was holding them. Let's stand, let's pray.